I'm Gary O'Reilly. And I'm Chuck Nice. And this is Playing With Science. Science. Yes, indeed. Today's show is a bit different because we're featuring the first of our Game Changers series, a series where we take a single athlete and examine how they straight up broke the game and rebuilt it to suit their own style. Yeah, so to tip us off, we have chosen a man who nearly 30 years after he retired is still the NBA's leading all-time point scorer, a man who owns six, count them, six NBA titles and uh, acting career that boasts a Bruce Lee movie as well as the Airplane movie. What hasn't this man done? <laughs> We're going to find out, but there's not much he hasn't done. A player who invented his own shot, the Skyhook. Have we worked it out yet? Mm, for such an offensive weapon, it might surprise you to know he ranks, still ranks third in the NBA's all-time records for not just rebounds, but blocks. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, the man who changed the game of basketball, we're talking none other than Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. And to help us take a trip down memory lane, we asked Neil deGrasse Tyson to hook up with the man himself while we wrap with former Lakers superstars and teammates Michael Cooper and Jamal Wilk. Yeah, we Chuck, need, let's we need do to it. do this. We need to do this. And first, to kick things off, joining us by video call, we are super excited mm. to have Jamal Wilkes, better known as Silk. What's up, Jamal? Hey, Chuck. How you doing? Hey, Gary. It's a hey. pleasure to be with you guys uh, today. Jamal, the pleasure is us. Yeah, I mean, without it's, a doubt. Uh, just to talk to any of the guys who were around that organization at that time is such a thrill for us because... You just reinvented the game, let alone what Kareem did on his own. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, when you look at the dynasty that you guys had uh, and the type of talent that was brought on to this NBA team, you look at just look at you. I mean, come mm. on, uh, rookie of the year, right? If, if I remember, uh, yeah, three time, three three time NBA All Star. If if I remember, uh, nicknamed Silk because we know you had the stroke. Uh, I mean, this this team was always just chock full of superstars. All of you. I mean, no matter where you look. So you know, before we uh, before we get into how it is to play as a superstar on a team of superstars, you know, we're talking about Jamal. So let's. Take, um, we're talking about, I'm sorry, Jamal. We're talking about Kareem. We're all talking about Jamal. But we're also talking yes. about Jamal. And, and a, little bit na- a little bit later, we're going to uh, talk to uh, Michael Cooper, who I'm sure you are familiar with. Uh, yeah. But let's take a look at a quintessential Kareem clip so that we can see exactly what we're talking about when we say how he changed the game of basketball with yeah. the skyhook. Let's do it. Magic the distance gives to Kareem. Slam! Don't... Save. Still saved it. Throws it to Kareem. 40 feet out. Play. What an athlete Kareem he is. Kareem does his dribble. I'll say. Nobody else could have kept their balance. No, nobody could have caught up with it. Inside it goes to Kareem against Perry. Back to Cooper. Back to Kareem. Swing left. Shoot right. Oh. 12. It's good. Kareem has got 11. Nestled the net. <laughs> Tickled the twine. 48 to 48. Clark's got the ball. 50 to 48. The Lakers trail it. Michael Cooper with the ball. Cooper dribbling at the top of the key. Magic getting a long rest. Ball into Kareem. Going to swing left again and shoot right from 13. Boom. And That's there it is good. again. And Perry says, come on, ease up, big fella. <laughs> <laughs> and there he says, ease up. So, you know, the thing about the skyhook, and you could hear it from the announcer's uh, POV, it's the same move, but it just seems to be indefensible. Swing left, move right, up, boom. Uh, can you can you talk about what it, what it was like to 
witness somebody who's has an indefensible shot? Absolutely. Well, first of all, when you talk about Kareem, uh, he was a perfectionist. And I tell people, had he been six feet tall, he'd have been a great basketball player. He was just so fundamentally sound at everything he did. And he could bring a level of concentration that was just otherworldly. But the sky hook in particular, it's the most devastating offensive weapon in any sport that I've ever seen. Okay. Uh, and and it was a very simple shot, but he, he mastered it. It was just just an amazing experience to uh, see that shot day in and day out. Not just the games, but practices too. I mean, he, he practiced w- with all of us. He didn't take off practice. He, he was just a, a leader by example. He wasn't the most talkative individual then, back then, but mm. you know, he always led with his example. It was just a, a, a sheer delight to play with him. So, uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson actually caught up with Kareem recently to chat about the legendary Sky Hook, and uh, we have a clip of their conversation, so let's take a, take a listen. What percent of your 38,000 points were Sky Hook points, would you guess? I'd say three quarters. Three quarters? Yeah. Ooh. But, you know, I, I learned... Everything I learned, uh, you know, had to do with learning the mechanics of the shot and shooting a bow and arrow because you figure out what the drop is all about, you know, what the arc is all about. And once you get got that figured out, you can you, you become a, accurate. You're a marksman at that point. So you're a basketball marksman. You have to be. Well, if you're going to be successful, you know. And I, I led the league in um, field goal percentage a number of years. I think that was really my success. To, you know, I had a successful shot that they couldn't block. I, that's what enabled me to endure. What's intriguing about this hook shot, uh, I think uh, Bill Bradley famously was quoted saying that in the hook shot, because he also did the hook shot, the hook shot, you, your eyes are not on the ball or no. on your hand or anywhere near your arm. No. So that there's a sense of where the basket is relative to the ball if you have enough experience on the court. So you don't actually need to look at where the basket is. And you must agree with that because you were successful in the cook shot. You don't have to know where the ball is. you got to keep your eye on the basket, but you don't have to have your eye on the ball. Okay, but that requires some musculoskeletal connectivity. Yes. That's why you practice. That's the quote of the interview. That's why you practice. <laughs> that's, that's why you practice. So, Jamal. It just you, out what Jamal was saying. I know. You said that. So, yeah. is, is, were, was everybody aware of, you know, Kareem's work ethic? Because I have to tell you, I remember watching um, you guys play. And because it was showtime, everybody had such uh, an emphasis on the fact that there were all these big personalities, these big superstars on the court. Nobody, you didn't hear anybody talking about the practice. You didn't hear anybody talking about the work ethic. Mm-hmm. You didn't hear anybody like when you talk when they talk about um, LeBron James today. They always talk about how hard he practices and how much he's trying to drive the team. Uh, you heard that a lot about Michael Jordan. Oh, this guy he practices his work ethic, his work ethic. When and you guys were a dynasty, and all they talked about was like, oh, 
the show is in town. It almost made it seem like you guys just walked out on the court and it just happened like that. Talk to me about like your routine as a team to get to that place, because I'm sure there's a lot of hard work involved. Oh, you're you're absolutely right, Chuck. And and I couldn't agree with you more. They all talk about the work LeBron and Michael Jordan, but no one talks about that with Kareem. And, you know, I'm it may have to do with the fact that he's seven feet tall. It seems like people just assume you're automatically good Hmm. in basketball because you're tall. And that's why I say that even if he were six feet, he'd have been a he'd have been a top, top basketball player. I mean, this guy was just really, really uh, good at everything. And, and, uh, and, and I agree, I couldn't agree with you more, Chuck. No one ever said that about Showtime. Never, no one ever talked about how, how hard we work. I mean, I, I remember when we played the Celtics. Yeah. They were blue collar guys. They, they were. And we were Hollywood. Right. And, and, uh, but we worked hard. Uh, and we, our practices were as competitive as our games. And uh, I mean, Kareem did not take practices off. He, he, he worked just as hard as, as all of us did. And, uh, uh, and it's, it's, it's unfortunate that that gets overlooked. And, and, and it's all about the glitz and the glamour, but not about uh, the preparation, the planning, and the effort, the hard work that, that we all put into it, including Kareem. All right, let's play a little bit of fantasy basketball. How would the 80s Lakers fare in the NBA today with that pound-for-pound talent? Come on, you must have been asked this question before. Look at that smiling face. Look at that face. Oh, okay, Gary, I'm going to ask you a soccer question. <laughs> all right, by all means. Because I, I, there isn't a day goes by when I don't get better. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. I understand that, Gary. I got that. Uh, you know, uh, it's hard to compare different eras. Uh, right. And, 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 and we all do it. And the yeah, fans sure. love it. And the, and the media loves it. And it drives interest in the game. I yeah. get that, but I just have to say it's very difficult. But we would have fared very well. I mean, today, number we had everything. We had yes. the, the ultimate inside game, and we had the outside game. Now, we weren't shooting three-pointers back then like they do today only because it wasn't in vogue. Had it been in vogue, we'd have been doing it too. So, I, you know, I don't want to make predictions. I think we have some great teams today, some great players today, but mm-hmm. we would have held our own. We'd have done very well. It's funny to hear you say it wasn't in vogue to shoot three-pointers back then because uh, during the time that you guys were playing and Magic was running the point and I remember all the kids who played basketball wanted to be like Magic. And so it was all about yeah. ball handling. It was all about no-look passing. It was all about how fancy and how good I could look uh, getting the ball on a feed or faking a feed and going going to the hole like so it's funny young how guys do they replicate yeah, that that the game changes based on who the stars of the game are at that time and yeah. then the next generation emulating those stars they actually change the game based on what they have seen yeah no you're absolutely correct uh, it, it is interesting yeah magic was a game changer too and and you know magic was just an incredible freak of nature, you know, being six foot nine, point mm. guard, handling the ball the way he did, seeing the floor the way he did, and those no look passes. Before he came, you frowned down upon him, but he delivered them consistently that they became part of the game. And I think we're seeing that today with uh, the Warriors and Steph Curry and the step back and going left and right. But uh, uh, 
uh, getting back to Kareem, uh, it, and, and, and your point, Chuck, about how hard LeBron and Michael work, it really is unfortunate that the hard work he put in gets overlooked with the sky hook, which is a, just a thing of beauty to watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether, you, whether you like basketball or not, it's yeah. a beautiful yeah. thing to watch. And, and speaking of the sky hook being a thing of beauty, we have another clip where Neil deGrasse Tyson is talking to Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and they kind of break down the physics of the sky hook. And so it's a thing, thing of beauty not only to look at, but it's a thing of beauty in the world of physics, too. Let's check it out. When I look at a basketball game, part of me sees it as a physicist does. So there's a ball, it's round, there's a hoop, which is bigger than the ball. And there are all manners of shots that come at it from different angles, different uh, trajectories. And your sky hook, your hand at fully extended, it's got to be like eight or nine feet in the air. I mean, did, did they measure this? When I shot the sky hook, my hand was about between... 10 feet and, 10, and 11 feet in the air. Because you're also jumping. Yeah, I'm also jumping. Okay. So now the rim is 10 feet up. Exactly 10 feet. So the ball is basically going down. So the, the physics of this, of course, is the more the ball can just go down, right. the greater chance it, has. chance it has for going in. Right. So you want to you shoot a high arcing shot that drops. That drops. You don't want to just get it to crawl over. Yeah, if it just crawls over, then there's the cross section changes. Much smaller. Right, right. I don't people know that. So So I can take this circle and angle it, the cross section to you is smaller now. Right. So you want to get your shot should have a high arc and come straight down. Are you thinking about that physics when you were taking that shot? Because you had your physics class. I understood what I wanted to do, so I had all the ballistics and everything worked out. You see, Jamal, did he? Did you ever get the feeling that Kareem just had everything under control? When I saw the sky hook, I mean, I, I just marveled. I would think of Picasso. I would think of wow. All right, I would think of John Coltrane. I would wow. think of Jimi Hendrix. I would think of. That's the only way I could think of it because it was, you know, it was so. Uh, separate and apart from what anyone else was doing at that time, especially the centers, and no one's done it since. And I, I can't believe that you know all these seven footers now want to shoot three pointers. No one wants to shoot a sky hook anymore. So uh, uh, it, it was just then, even then, watching it, I knew, and I think most of us had an idea that you know this just wasn't a shot. This was you know art music on the highest level uh and it was just just uh you know i, I mean i already said it a thing of beauty I, I can't express it any other way i'm happy with that <laughs> absolutely i can't I, I can't think of a better compliment than to call somebody what somebody does uh coltrane and a thing of beauty get, it doesn't get any better than that yeah that's right that's right Chuck. Yeah. it does not get any better than that so what we're going to do right now is take a uh quick break and jamal you can stand by with us right Yes. Uh, Fantastic. So look, guys, we got more Jamal Wilkes coming your way, more Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, more Skyhook, more everything. Stay tuned. Welcome back. I'm Gary O'Reilly. Nice. And we are playing with science. Let's get straight to our next clip. The hook shot. Yes, the famous hook shot made famous by Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. But what about the hook shot today? Let's find out what the big man has to say. For me, the hook shot is 
unjustifiably accurate. I took hook shocks my whole life, and I was pretty good at it. Metal Lock Lemon and the Globetrotters, Harlem Globetrotters, that was, he'd go the other end of the court and just throw the thing up. Swish. So why doesn't anyone shoot it anymore? I think the hook shot has fallen out of favor because all the kids that are learning how to play the game want to shoot three-pointers. They don't want the ugly two-point shot down there in the paint uh, getting bumped. They want to look real pretty out at 35 feet with something dropping in. Everybody's saying, ooh, and it's it three points. It looks pretty good in the hand, doesn't it? And it's three points, you know. So it's, uh, it, the, the three-point shot has changed the game. That, that's... Uh, basically what it is. We've got former teammate Jamal Wilkes with us and we're going to explore that. Jamal, thank you for staying with us. Why? Why, 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 why did the Skyhook disappear off the map? What happened? Yeah, it's unbelievable uh, to me. I, uh, I think much of it has to do with uh, the hype of the game now. They on the news reels. All the young kids grow up watching the slam dunk. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, and the slam, the popularity of the slam dunk contest, along with the three point shot. Uh, you know, guys, big guys now, guys coming over from Europe, are valued because they can shoot shoot the three point shot as well. And and that's all well and good. I think uh, you know the inside game will come back. Uh, when someone wins a championship, and then they'll all start emulating it again. But, <laughs> exactly. Uh, you know, for the life of me, I don't understand why any seven-footer uh, doesn't have a hook shot and, yeah. and emulate the sky hook. I, I, I don't have an answer for that. In this last clip, Neil deGrasse Tyson wanted to know how many three-point shots Kareem Abdul-Jabbar had taken in his career. Oh, sit down for this one. Let's find out how many. <laughs> I shot 13 and I made one. So in your whole career, or, uh, you had 10 years, if I did the math right, 10 years of your career was in the presence of the three-point line. Right. I think that's right. 10, 12, something like that. Okay. Yeah. So you had 13 attempts. Right. And you made one. I made one. So of your 38 billion points, <laughs> 38,000 points, three of those were a three-point shot. One three-point shot. And the rest were all free throws and two-point shots. So uh, they don't need the big man outside the three-point line. So what, what the hell were you doing? Uh, I was giving my team reliable shots close to the basket, which forced the defense to collapse a little bit and gave them more room on the perimeter. But when you go to the perimeter and take a three-point shot, what were you thinking? I'm probably going to be taken out for taking that shot. (laughs) Was it, come on, guys, give me a chance here, please. No, no. And, And the one shot that I made that... The ball, I like bounced out into the corner, and I went and got it, and nobody came to guard me. Okay. So I, I stepped back and said, "Okay, I'll shoot this one," and I made it. They should have like bronzed that ball and gave it to you. <laughs> so Jamal, if he'd shot and missed, would he have been given a hard time? Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Being Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was no protection, right? 
Oh, no, absolutely not. Not in that situation. Not in no. that situation, right? <laughs> yeah, that's so funny. Uh, and, and, and and I'm sure if you took a three-pointer, people would, were expecting you to make it. If Kareem takes one, they're like, okay, well, we'll see. If he misses, he's like, well, you know, he's not supposed to make a three. But if you miss it, they're like, hey, what's up? What's up? <laughs> <laughs> right. If I could give Jamal Wilkes a magic ticket, get you entry to any place to go and watch a basketball game, who would Jamal Wilkes go and watch today? I would watch the Golden State Warriors. Uh, being a former warrior, uh, I cut my teeth with them, and they're playing such great, great basketball right now. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and they're playing it the right way. You know, they're getting, and by that I mean, you know, they're getting everyone involved, and, 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 and they're all sacrificing for the good of the team. Yes. Uh, yeah, I would go watch them. And do you see any simulation? I mean, any similarities between uh, Golden State and 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 Showtime? Because when you said they're all sacrifices for the good of the team, mm-hmm. they have a lot of superstars on that team. Uh, and then with the addition of Durant, they got yeah. one more superstar. Like, so you know, what's it like? Just give us a sense. What's the mindset of when you're a superstar? That guy's a superstar. That guy's a superstar. What has to be the team psychology in order for you to win? Because I'm a Sixers fan. I remember we had a team full of superstars when I was a kid, and it was a disaster. (laughs) Yeah, right. No, right, right. Just because you have a team of superstars, and I won't hold that against you, Chuck, for being a Sixers fan. (laughs) Well said, Jamal. Well said, sir. Yeah, well, you know, Julius is a dear friend. but, But first of all, it's very humbling. Uh, you know, you walk out and you have six, seven, eight superstars. Uh, well, first of all, you bring your A game to practice in the games every day because someone's waiting to take your spot. There you uh, go. There you go. It's very humbling. It's very humbling. And and uh, uh, and then you know the competitive factor comes out, uh, and then and the challenge factor comes out. And you know you want to do your best to be your best, but you know you got to do your best to get minutes on the floor, too. So uh, it just brings about a collective uh, humility, and then you let all the horses go. Nice. All right, Jamal, thank you so much for your time. So it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you about uh, your time at the Lakers and, of course, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. So thank you once again. We are going to take a commercial break, but it won't stop there with the Lakers loving. We have another one of Kareem's former teammates. This time, Michael, Michael. Cooper will be with us on Play With Science. Do not go away. Yeah, there you heard it. Back in a minute. <laughs> Welcome back. I'm Gary O'Reilly. And I'm Chuck Nice. And this is Playing With With Science. Science. And today we're in the middle of our Game Changer series. This particular show about Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and his legendary skyhook shot. And joining us by video is Michael Cooper, the legendary Michael Cooper, the Secretary of Defense. Yes. The man who is now head coach of the Atlanta Dream of the WNBA. Michael, what a pleasure to have you on board, sir. Welcome to the show. 
Thank you so much. And Gary, I was going to tell you, preach on. <laughs> Keep oh, it going. Sit, sit, sit still. There's a lot more going to come. Yeah, sir. as a, a lot matter more of fact, we, we've yeah. got nothing but praise for you, my friend, because, uh, of course, uh, you know, Kareem being who he was, and mm -hmm. the show is about, uh, you know, basically the sky hook and the science behind it, and, of course, Kareem himself, and, and you played with him, uh, uh, and being on the court with him, a uh, soldier at arms with him. But you yourself have quite a few highlights uh, on on the internet that still live about Michael Cooper. And I the one thing I remember about you specifically is that when you came on the court, the fans would all go, Coop, Coop. And, and then the announcers would say, and the fans showing their appreciation for Michael Cooper, uh, not booing, by the way, they're saying Coop. Do you know what I... Watching it in in the eighties in the UK, the socks, the what? The socks. Oh, the socks. The high, the high, the, the, the high. crew socks, the high top socks. Yeah, I always remember those. Such a standout thing. Cool. But we got a clip, right? Yeah, we got a clip. Tick a tick a. Just for those of you who may have forgotten, here's a little taste of the magic. Not Johnson, the magic of Michael Cooper. Not going to guard the inbound passer. Now here they send a man out on it. They change the man and put Stockton on it. Stockton a short man, so Coop can get it in over him. The Lakers are out of timeouts. No timeouts left. The ball to Magic. Dribble drive. Down the middle. Out to Coop. 18-footer. But there's still seven seconds. And the Lakers have no timeouts left. But listen to this crowd on Cooper's heroics. And there you have it. Just, uh, just a little taste of uh, what what Mr. Michael Cooper used to do all the time. Yeah, all the time. How's how's that feel when you when you look at that? You know what, Chuck and Gary, that uh, was my only shot I hit in that series, and it was a big shot. And you know what? That goes to show you that uh, the, the Lakers Showtime era wasn't built on one player; it was mm. built on many players. And for Magic to have the confidence, and you know, the team knew I was having a shooting slump, but for Magic to have the confidence in me to kick the basketball out there uh, is what Showtime was all about. And yeah. it was a shot, and I was finally. Glad to hit a shot, and if that was the one that was going to win that series for us, I'm glad it was that shot. When you got drafted by the Lakers, what was it like the first day you walk out on court with them? The first uh, astounding thing is when I got drafted by the Lakers, uh, came into training camp, and training camp used to be at Loyola Marymount University. Uh -huh. I, I and I walked into the gym, and who would I see out there shooting sky hooks was Kareem. And I just, my mouth was open, and I said, hey, this is the guy I watched, because growing up in Los Angeles, you saw him at UCLA for four years, and right. he's got a chance to see him with the Bucks and win a championship there, so finally here he is with the Lakers. And I just remember, I couldn't stop staring at him. And then slowly people started coming in, and then there was Jabal Wilkes uh, winning a championship with the Golden State Warriors. Uh, and then finally, the person that I admired a lot, because I had watched him the last two years, was Norm Nixon. Yeah. yeah. I was like, this little guy is that 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 good, that big, and you know it was it was uh, an eye-opening experience. And I think any rookie going into a camp, no matter what team you go to, they have those stars on the team, and it is it's shocking. Uh, but you know what? You got to get over that. And Jerry West was a coach at the time. He said, "Coop, 
he almost kind of like slapped it back to reality and said, come on, man, you got to play. So it was fun watching him. You know what I think is funny is that you called Norm Nixon a little guy. I did a TV show with Norm a little while ago and standing next to him, uh, he looked like he was taking his toddler out to get some ice cream. But <laughs> You must be very small, Tim. <laughs> Norm's a little guy. And again, I'm six, so but, uh, it was. It was, it was a funny thing to see. <laughs> you, okay, so you'd have turned up day one, right, early, because you want to impress the organization, correct? Yeah. Kareem was already firing skyhooks? Out there early. Out there early. And that goes back to his, uh, uh, his conditioning uh, from, you know, back with John Wooden when he was at UCLA. they get out there, the bigs would get out and shoot their hooks and get their work in. Then the guards would come out, and then finally the whole team would come out for practice. So he just followed suit, and that's what he knew. So he came out there. And I, he was the first one I saw. When I walked into the gym, he was the first person I saw wow. down shooting Scott Hooks. But, you guys, you know what? I want to touch on something, Gary, you had mentioned a little earlier. You had talked about our socks. Yes. Uh, my socks, I held my socks up high uh, for, you know, uh, when I was in high school. The reason why I wore long socks, I wore my strings out and I wore two sweatbands because in a high school game of the week in 1974, my grandmother was going to see us play and she had glaucoma and she had to sit real close to the TV and, they, and she used to say, hey, you have to do something to differentiate yourself so I'll know you from the other players. So that's what happened with the long socks. Little did I know they were going to play big benefits because in the 80s, you know, we were in that Daisy Duke era where the shorts were really, really yeah. <laughs> So my socks kind of like even my body out a little bit. <laughs> I will th thank you for giving me that backstory. That's really, oh, yeah, really that's touching. That's very, very cool. Okay. As I called you just before we came on, the Secretary of Defense. That's right. How did you cope with Kareem in practice with those skyhooks? Or did you say, why am I bothering? Did you, as a defensive player of the year, did you ever have to, when you guys are practicing, uh, d d defend Kareem? And did that help your defensive game? Chuck, no. And I'm glad I never had to defend him. <laughs> I just down there on a double team. But no, that was Michael Thompson. Okay. Jim Jones, those guys, they caught those sky hooks. But it was a thing to see. But in practice, again, playing on the uh, the purple team, because the gold team was the starters, right. uh, it was fun. And it was always a, a way of how we're going to stop this. How can we stop this shot? And it was an unstoppable shot. Right. Uh, Green just kind of went through the motions because he knew nobody could stop his shot in the game of basketball at that time, and especially nobody on our team. So he would just kind of go through the motions and shoot jumpers, shoot left-hand hooks until it was winning time because Pat Riley said, okay, uh, next point wins the game, losers got to run 10. Well, we knew we were going to end up running because nobody could stop That's funny. We, we, I mean, there's clips where Kareem is speaking to Neil deGrasse Tyson about his understanding of the science that went into his sky hook. Did you ever get a feeling with him in the locker room that this guy had everything calmly in the right place at the right time? Was he as organized as that back then in the 80s? Yes, he was always organized. Cream was a quiet individual. Mm -hmm. He came into the locker room, and you know how some teams will have the locker room banner and there'll be somebody funny telling jokes and people yeah. be different things. Cream always sat, and he sat next to Jamal Wilkes, uh, uh, both of them being from UCLA, and Cream was always reading a book, uh, some type of book, uh, usually an autobiography of uh, African Americans, uh, some type, some kind of book he was always reading. Mm -hmm. Really, but every now and then, and people don't notice about him, he 
probably was one of my funniest teammates. Uh, he liked to play practical jokes every now and then. Didn't like them played on him, but he played them on yeah. him. Yeah, ain't that the way. <laughs> Everything was always together with him. Uh, and once we got closer to the game, he would put the book down and he would just kind of like stare. And one day I asked him, I said, Cap, what do you think about it? He says, Coop, I'm visualizing the game in my head, what I have to do. And it was always like the first five to seven minutes. So that was his way of getting focused and getting into the game. But you could tell from then that everything he did, he had planned out in his mind, whether it went right or wrong, but at least it was planned out. And he always came out and perfected his plan. Michael, before we let you go and we thank you for your time, I have a simple question. Just how good was Kareem Abdul-Jabbar? People ask me that all the time, and there are a lot of great players that have played in the NBA. And you got to go back to Will, Will, Will Chamberlain, mm-hmm. Bill Russell. And people ask me, Coop, if you were starting an NBA team and you had all the players that's ever played this game, yep. who you pick? Kareem would always be my pick. And the reason for that is he had an unstoppable shot. At his prime, you got to remember, Kareem led this league in rebounding. He led the league in block shots one year. And the most important thing mm. is you had a big – guy like Kareem that could pop out on the perimeter but you couldn't foul him. Kareem shot like in the mid 80s uh, for free throw shooting and you know the way things are going now they have the hack-a-shack which started and now they put these centers on the line and you know basketball is not fun when it's played that way but I'm going to go with Kareem but there's many many great ones and uh, I might be dumb but I'm going to start with the big guy Kareem Abdul-Jabbar Wow. Would you pick yourself in your own franchise? I think so. <laughs> Good man. That, that's the answer I was there looking for. That's the way it's supposed to go. Hey, Michael, thanks so much for joining us, man. We hope you'll come back and, uh, and say hello. And uh, thanks so much for taking the time and, and spending with us right now. For sure, Chuck. And Gary, thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure, sir. An absolute pleasure. Thank you. So, Well, that's our show, man. That is it. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed it. It's the first of our Game Changer series, and I think we couldn't have picked a better start than Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. So stick around. We'll have plenty more, I'm sure. Yeah, and special thanks, of course, to Jamal Wilkes and Michael Cooper for being a guest on the show. And thank you to Kareem Abdul-Jabbar for being such a standout basketball player and of course the great man himself Neil deGrasse Tyson for spending that much time and getting such great thoughts out of him. I'm Gary O'Reilly and I'm Chuck Nice and this has been Playing With Science. Hope you enjoyed it and we look forward to your company very very soon.